Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 30-4 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic and we just de- take a deep dive musically into that topic. And once a month we record our episode live for a Patreon audience, uh, for uh, our Patreon members at, at all levels, patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. You can hang out with us. Um, well, me and Pernell can, in between songs, we'll sing or, you know, rap or chat and joke and stuff. And how do you know this is live? Like, how do you know this is live? Well, for one, Pernell forgot to put on his recording for it, and I'm Pernell. So that's going to be an interesting edit later. <laughs> uh, we might use some of this audio. This audio is pretty good, but we'll, we'll find Pernell. <laughs> Something you've done with your Pernell or, or, or on your Pernell with your mic placement has come come out pretty good recently. So it's, I, the secret is I moved it closer to my mouth. It's amazing well, how that works. Uh, but no, so this will be like the third episode we've, we've been doing remotely again. But um, probably starting next week, we'll be back back to normal style with you over there and me over here. <laughs> and the stars above. And it, well, you know, a nice white ceiling and acoustic tiling all around us. The acoustic tiling <laughs> of our friendship for now. <laughs> oh, Just it, it, it keeps it so that um, everyone can hear it clearly and that my wife can watch Netflix in peace. <laughs> Until I start tapping my foot on the floor to music and she's like, Pernell, you're too loud. Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you could, the whole house can start to shake a little bit. <laughs> when we do that so some sad news popped up it came up in the live chat but it's happening here so i'm as well asking some sad news but then some good news and then some sad news um so my shiva got me 10 say five i've been looking forward to it i've been ready for it it comes out tomorrow as of the recording date and gamestop hit me with the rear admiral i don't have it it's not here i haven't even got a shipping date Okay. It makes me sad. If you got it today, would you just not sleep and just play it? Probably not, but there's some sort of wholesomeness to being like, I've got the thing I want in my hand, so now I can relax. Like, that's it, it, a part of what's become of me with gaming lately, where like I might not necessarily get to my games immediately, even the ones I really love, like Neo or Psychonauts 2, but I want them. I want them in my possession. I want to be able to say, this baby's mine. And this is how I know it because I'm touching it for stuff that like, I've been like looking forward to playing for a while. Like I, I start to like just not do important responsibilities just because I want to do the thing that I want to do that I've been waiting for for so long. And then that tends to be what happens. So this- that's what I want to do. But then it shows up and then I'm like, now that I've got it, crap, I got to do these reviews or man, I got to go for this jog or man, I got to clean this room. Yeah. So next thing you know, I'm not even getting it done. But the anticipation it's like I'm a kid again, and that doesn't happen anymore. Like, I can't remember the last time I anticipated a game like I'm anticipating this one. Like, I want it now. And that honestly feels nice because that's something I've been lacking quite a bit. So it's like, yes, I, love, I want this. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give so when game, honestly, I might, you don't be shocked if I buy it a second time and maybe like try to return the one that's in the collector's box. <laughs> that's the game. I don't know what I would do. Either that or I might be like, hey, Merry Christmas, somebody with a Switch. You have a game that I'm not playing anymore. Is it only we'll on Switch? It is it on other other systems? I can't. Only on Switch. It's a well, Switch exclusive. I was thinking 
like, oh, I saw some clips and I was like, this looks really neat. I'm really, I, I love the music and we've talked about it so much. Maybe I'll play it. No, no I got to get a Switch first. So maybe, maybe, maybe in a few years when Nintendo makes a new system and I can get a cheap Switch. Uh, yeah, because honestly, even when they make a new system, I don't know if you'll be getting a cheap Switch. They're, they have some weird longevity with their products. Unless they personally make like a discounted model, they don't drop in price. It's weird. Well, maybe they'll, like, um, they'll port it to like PC or Steam and I'll put it on the PC or a Steam machine or whatever the little handheld Steam thing they're making is called. Oh, the Steam Deck, which just got delayed because of components, which yeah. should not shock anybody at this point. Yeah, but I'm but, sure that, that really hurts them because they want to do it by the holiday, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, that holiday money would have been great. But then again, I don't know if they would have gotten holiday money. This is the kind of product that has primarily going to run on pre-releases and people who wanted it immediately. They've already paid for the thing. They just uh -huh. want it now. Like, the only question becomes if they charge prior or if they're not going to charge until they ship them out. But I'm positive the majority of their current audience are people who wanted it enough to pre-order it, not even wait for it to come out. So I think they got their money. It's just, did they charge it yet? Um, but then the next thing, the, the good thing, but then comes the bad thing, which you'll laugh at. Um, we'll have to do a board game episode of Rhythm and Pixels in December because I actually got my first media pass to PAX Unplugged. I'm going as a media attendant, which should, was shocked me because I put it in because a friend said, you should try it. I'm like, it's not going to work. And I said, you should do it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, and media for, I guess I'm assuming, um, SML podcast or Hey Poor Player? No, for no for this podcast. For this podcast. We talk about board games enough. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't see why not. I mean, right. we do video game music, but we generally talk about whatever we want. And we nice. talk about board games. So technically, we could have a whole episode devoted to games that were experienced at PAX Unplugged or any new upcoming oh, games man. and then throw some music in there. Now I, need, um, now I guess I'm going to have to go to PAX, right? Well, there's the bad news. <laughs> Maybe you can because I didn't think I was going to get a pass, so I bought one. Oh. <laughs> so I have an extra pass that I paid money for anyway well, I mean, like, that I need to unload. Well, then if you did this, why didn't you put in both of us? Because you have to apply for individuals. Like, you can't apply for multiple people. It's like, this is just a person. But if you want to try, you should do it. You should, if Because keep in mind, I didn't know you even wanted to go. Because uh, I know you were concerned about, you know, you know, COVID-y things. I know, I know. I'm, which I'm, makes sense. I'm becoming more relaxed on some things, but... Um, and they did the whole vaccine and mask requirement there, that's too. Good. So yeah, like, like doing, that does help. I know, that's kind of helping with... Um, with MAGFest. MAGFest is getting is taking a hard line on, on vaccine mandates, and which I'm really happy about, but it's just, it's so crowded and I'm not super sure, but I'm starting well, not to think that, about it but, more. You know, they can only do but so they can only do but so much for enforcement, so you oh, still go with a knowledge of like they request it, but everybody's not playing ball and you gotta go in knowing that. Yeah. But I feel like with something like PAX Unplugged, I'm not even sure how many people are going to be there, but I feel like it'll be a more relaxed and mellow crowd in general, just from the scope of the product. So maybe it won't be a big deal. And also, that's also one of those I'm like, look, I'm going to put my faith in this thing. I took a shot in the arm for a couple months ago. See how this rides out. But um, well, it's also but, only like it's not it's not that far away either. We can just drive up for the, the day. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. So. But I would say, I mean, if you want to take a crack at it, I mean, given the fact that I'm already on it, I mean, I imagine you'd get it too at this point. Same logic would apply, so you should apply. 
right. But if you decide you don't want to, help me unload my bag because <laughs> I can't refund it. Damn, right, well, buggers. well, if this works out, then maybe we can get we can get some one of our listeners to come up and play board games with us. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, actually. Um, okay, um, well, that's cool. I didn't know that was going on, but um, uh, we should probably get, get the show on the road because time is limited tonight. Um, while everyone is here, we are reprising the topic of monsters again, which we were kind of doing for a Halloween type episode, but didn't really come out exactly on Halloween. But you know, monsters are still fun, and monsters are in all these video games, and there's lots of good monster related music or music related to those monsters in video games. So anyway. And also monsters are always around. Just sometimes they're festive and sometimes they're hanging low. So what we, <laughs> so what we do as with uh, all of our uh, Patreon episodes is that we ask for listener submissions, not necessarily our Patreon members, but just our listeners to submit track suggestions based on those themes. And those themes are usually announced on the show or on our Discord server. And uh, we also ask for testimonials sometimes if, if, if you want to write one out about the song or about the game. Um, and that is kind of our homage to the VGM Jukebox, one of my favorite classic VGM podcasts. Oh, my God. Classic VGM podcast. I just said those words <laughs> in a row. Podcast. It wasn't that long ago. But OK, so and I think you can still find it. It's, it's still out there, I'm sure. So check out the VGM podcast, the VGM Jukebox. <laughs> the VGM Jukebox! It's great. <laughs> it is good. Key oh is on the God. show, and she's she's awesome. Okay. So, uh, we're going to get some music started in here. Um, so, we're going to start with music from our listener, Curly Kevin. Um, Curly Kevin from our Discord server brought to us a number of tracks from the game Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, full of great monsters. And uh, we're going to listen to the track Brave Trigger, which is in the classic mode of the game, which you can unlock. Uh, and this track is by Machira Yamane.
good track. You're listening to the Brave Trigger from the classic mode of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. This one's composed by Machiri Yamane. Oh, this is classic Machiri Yamane. It sounds... I love, I love the instrumentation. I love that Baroque feeling to it. And it's also a jam. It's, like, it's a Baroque rock jam, which is awesome. Baroque raspberry jam. Like... <laughs> I think it's funny, Bob Pilar goes, you know, your blood state is really good. And I'm like, it really is. I should get back to that someday. <laughs> I tell you, maybe this weekend I'll get, I'll try to boot it back up. Maybe that'll be a goal while I mourn the fact that my SMT hasn't arrived. <laughs> and that, uh, like, all I got to do is tell myself, stop trying to farm. And if I can do that, I'll keep moving. And when I say farm, I don't mean farming as in like for items. I mean farming at the farm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't touch any of the actual like farming, farming in this game. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. One, I couldn't figure it out. Maybe I just skipped through the tutorial because I was getting like bored of it. But I was like, I just didn't get into it. Which You're is, better off. Probably that literally that really hit the brakes for me. It's just a way to get extra food items in uh, a way that annoys me. But yeah, I kept seeing like stuff that I could cook in the grocer, and I'm like, I should just farm for rice, and then I can make this thing that gives me an extra hit point boost or something. Yeah, I can move on. But why do that when I can make it right now if I had the stuff? So well, I kept thinking like maybe just, I needed that stuff because I, I I'm not good at these games and so I love playing I love playing a good um, um, 2D action exploration game <laughs> but uh, but I'm bad at them so I need I end up brute forcing a lot of the levels and so I'm always looking for more like health items and stuff and so I know I know there was farming in this game and there's crafting in this game I, I it just there's so many components to it I never bothered with it. And, uh, Honestly, brute forcing isn't necessarily a bad thing either. Like, I, I think I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show before, but like, that's a large part of why Matt, our friend Matt, was able to get into Dark Souls after years of saying it was awful, and because he learned to brute force it. Like, aside from being able to like uh, join up with people as spirits in their games, he also realized that he could just dump all the stats and the hit points, yeah, and then get himself a decent uh, defense stat. Mm -hmm. And just like brute force the bosses, <laughs> which he yeah. did. It'll just take longer, it was but like because your defense is so high, you can just get right through it. That, that's that's a good. I, I like that strategy because that tends to be what I do. I when I was when I was younger, like early in my game playing days, I used to dump stats and, and, and points into attack or trying to make everything kind of like even because I like seeing all the numbers nice and even. But nowadays, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna lose. It's gonna be embarrassing. Let's put everything into hit points, put everything into defense because I need all the help I can get. And I feel like that's been a good strategy for, for most games. Um, oh, and hearing that, you just said that, I get, that made me think of a question that goes directly to Pylar since she's in the chat. See if she's checking if she's listening to the show. <laughs> uh, I gotta know, since you're playing SMT5 before me, mm, uh, what are you doing? World of Strength, World of Magic, or World of Luck? Ooh. I have to know. I need to know. Right. While we're waiting on the answer, I'm going to read the testimonial from Curly Kevin. Curly Kevin says, I stopped playing video games for many years. It was from 2014 to the end of 2020. I would still play it for a friend's house over those years, but I really stopped playing by myself. I still enjoyed listening to video game music, though. Castlevania soundtracks is what I really enjoyed. I saw information about Bloodstained about 2017 or 2018, and I was interested. I never played Symphony of the Night, but I have played Super Castlevania 4 and Aria of Sorrows, but I never beat them. So in the back of my mind, I said to myself, if I come back to playing video games, that will be a game I buy. So in 2019, I built a computer, and in December of 2020, I bought Bloodstained and Streets of Rage 4, and I haven't looked back. I was the completionist and got everything in my first play, which I know was over 40 to 50 plus hours, 
And as wow. of writing, I believe you both did not beat the game from an episode a few weeks back. You were talking about it, which we just said again. Yeah, I know you haven't gotten very far, and I just haven't finished it. Um, you don't need to collect everything. There are a few weapons I would suggest getting, but it's been a while since beating it. But I would get the Blue Rose Sword. Okay. Um, I have enjoyed the podcast, and I think and I thank Justin and Mike from XVGM Radio for introducing me to your podcast. For um, from your most recent episode, you both guessed it on this year. Oh, that's right. I forgot we we did a show. We tend to go on on other people's shows and kind of just make a mess of things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's part of the fun. And they can come on our show and make a mess of ours too. Though, given how we do things as it is, if anything, we just make it tidier. Yeah, we just like yeah, we'll clean up when we're done. But I feel like everyone's got like a like a, a way of doing things, and and they talk very clearly, and they wait for the other person to talk, and you and I are like, ah, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, you can't do oh, that. Reminds me of a time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel kind of bad about that. All right, so we're on. Yeah, it's fun. That's part of the fun. All right, so uh, uh, Peeler says uh, she can't say it. She's just starting. I, I can tell you right now, I haven't even started SMT5 yet, and just from my previous experience, I'm likely going to do my Madge build unless attacks are just somehow really different in this game, because with Magic, you get the variety of different attack types to exploit weaknesses, which makes me feel like you naturally want to move towards that. You can't really exploit too many enemies when you're focused solely on strength, so I don't know how that works. Um, but we'll see. I want my game. Right, so <laughs> what a day. We gotta move on. Pernell, what's your first first track here well i gotta hit up with my man because he not only submitted a good track from a game that i don't hear people talk about nearly enough but he produced quite a lengthy testimonial so i'm going to hit it without further ado this comes from listener rage cage and this is from the game killer seven titled black burn composed by masafumi takeda
welcome back. You're listening to Blackburn from the game Killer7, composed by Masafumi Takeda and submitted by listener and friend Rage Cage. He has a, a deep testimonial here, so I'll read that well before I talk about anything myself. This is meat and potatoes. So, the track is Bloodburn, the in-game version of said track, from the game Killer7, composed by Masafumi Takeda. The monsters in this game are known as the Heaven Smile. People turn into twisted, rictus-grinning suicide bombs. Ooh. They're not exactly scary, but pretty unsettling due to their bodies being these wonky and sickly colored along with their mouths constantly open in these gruesome smiles. Yeah. And only sound like the only sound that they actually tend to make is laughter. Giggling, chuckling, menacing, outright psychotic in so many different ways with different kinds of laughter and they have only one purpose to take you out in an explosion of laughter and blood those freaking suicide bombers and they get stranger and more bizarre as you progress through the game now as to my track choice the character curtis blackburn whose res- residence this plays in is the boss for the scenario this song is from and is possibly the greatest monster in the entire game i'd rather not say why but those who have played this game know why and for those that haven't whoops Get on it! Um, the remaster is available on Steam, and I highly recommend it, which is funny because listener and friend Chris Wisner literally just said he bought it. <laughs> so, nice coincidence. Being made by Goichi Suda is definitely wonky-minded and a warping adventure, and the rest of the music is pretty dang good. And then there's a little, little bit more here. I got this for the PS2 in about 2007. I was immediately pulled in by its visual style, and I'm totally flabbergasted by everything else. I have played through it so many times, always getting to see some new details helping me to cohesively put together the wacky madness that is this story. The soundtrack has been a mainstay on every music playing device I've owned ever since. It's just so good and eclectic. I definitely need to get the remaster one of these days and re-experience the sheer insanity with older, possibly matured, eyes. In the name of Harmon, he chooses this game. I like that testimonial. It was it was meaty, gritty, and always laughing, always smiling. It was that smile. <laughs> so start with that smile. Diabolical pitch. I don't even remember that. Game. So apparently, Suda Fifty One also did Diabolical Pitch for the Connect. Oh. I'm going to assume that involves some sort. It was probably a baseball game that involved pitching that could dismember people. Uh, that just seems like the kind of game he would make. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. Diabolical pitch. Uh, baseball action video game. <laughs> baseball action. For the 360 Connect. Um, the Bob's going to golf if you throw a pitch below 300 miles per hour. Uh-oh. No idea what it's about. A former pitcher, now outfitted with an incredibly powerful bionic arm, finds himself in a run-down, dark and twisted amusement park. The night gets strange and intense quickly as you must use your pitching skills to survive the game of your life. Nailed it! See? There it is! <laughs> it's totally dismemberment pitching. That's, that's <laughs> like, actually kind of cool. I don't know. It's, it's it's probably a way of like, okay, let's, it's a baseball mechanic, but let's not make a baseball game. So that's probably where that was coming from. <laughs> I guess that being pretty fun. Yeah. I think I think it would be, uh, and, and, and with Suda involved, you can you can you can make really creepy enemies and, and monsters and characters with terrifying smiles and, and weird. Probably doing bodies. like weird jerky. Yeah, they're probably doing that weird jerky motion like I was doing my camera. Like, 
Oh yeah, that, oh, that always freaks me out. I don't, I don't like it when I don't like scary movies when they do that. <laughs> the kids yeah, I know. Like, I think the first time I remember seeing it like visually was in like um, I think Mach and X. It was an enemy because like in the original version of that game, the enemy who were fighting were pretty much just like some weird like mutated Nazi crit jerks, and uh, they would show up on the screen with like these weird like violin bow arms that could slice people up. And a gun attached to the other arm, and they would just move with this like that same jerky motion, and it just felt so unsettling. Even on a Dreamcast game, I was like, "What the heck? Who said that?" I was like, "You know, it'd be cool. Violin bow armed monsters with awful, awful symbology that just freakishly twitch <laughs> as they come at you. Like, yeesh." But I will admit, it made you feel great when you took them out. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, there's so. something really satisfying about um, being scared of something and then being able to just to, to, to overcome those fears with game mechanics like that. Um, before we move on, uh, Rage Cage did send us uh, a nice email saying that we've inspired him to try uh, his hand at a VGM podcast. So we are excited to hear what you're going to produce in the future. And if you need any help, that's right. If you need any help producing, editing, uh, uh, guest starring, <laughs> let us know, and we will come on and uh, ruin your day. I mean, have a good, old-fashioned good time. <laughs> he means that we'll do that by ruining your day with wackiness <laughs> with and hijinks. What <laughs> hijinks? Right, our, our next track is uh, decidedly a little different. This comes from our listener, GameFan44, or Kristen. This is from the game Stardew Valley. This is from the uh, version 1.5 version of Stardew Valley. It's the Volcano Mines, or the Forgotten World, and it's composed by Eric Barone, or credited as Concerned Ape.
And we're back. You're listening to The Volcano Mines, or Forgotten World, from the game Stardew Valley, version 1.5, composed by Eric Barone, known as Concerned Ape. Um, all one word. I love that name. I swear I do. It's Concerned <laughs> Ape. The Concerned Ape. Um, so, uh, Kristen writes, um, It took me a while to think of my favorite monster that wasn't a Digimon or Pokemon, but I think I would have to say Krobus from Stardew Valley is my favorite monster. They are a shadow person that has a shop in the sewers, and they can even be your roommate. Now, um, their Krobus doesn't have their own theme song. Here are a few tracks that I like and kind of fit the season. Um, and this was one of them. She, she sent uh, one, two, three, four tracks from this game. And I gotta be honest, I haven't really explored Stardew Valley's OST, and I really, really like this. I wasn't expecting Stardew Valley to sound like this, because I've always had my finger on the pulse for the game. I just never pulled the trigger for reasons like which was described in the chat here, which is that it's just, it's a meaty game. And everyone I've ever talked to that played it was like, I I was, I played like a hundred hours. And I'm like, crap, you know how hard it is for me to commit a hundred hours to anything? It's like when people don't start One Piece despite it being a fantastic show because they know they have a thousand episodes to saddle up for. It's yeah. like, I'll never do that. It's like, but you could. This is this yeah, is but a I game, won't. <laughs> this is a game I thought about introducing to Christy. I thought maybe this might be something she would be into. Honestly, I could see that. Though, like, as it's well, every game I've ever heard you talk about her playing, it was like more like puzzly, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely enjoys the more puzzly and um, narrative focused games. Oh, so like Stephen Miller asked the name of the cat. You're holding Archie, I assume. Yeah, right? this is Archie. Um, so for uh, this is very visual, but for everyone in the uh, on the chat, this is my cat Archie. He was um, kind of a rescue, uh, a old high school friend of ours. Um, I guess like seven years ago now, um, had to give up their cat because they were they had to move. They were they were losing their house, and so he just kind of fell into our, our laps. And he is super affectionate and really really vocal <laughs> and very very physical he's very to put fun. it in the context for this too super like fun. i don't dislike cats but i was never much a fan of cats for a long time because i always had that feeling of like well cats own you you don't own a cat or they're not your companion they just own you and you just love being owned by a cat and yet for some <laughs> reason that has not changed with archie but that cat is really cool like you walk into the house and you'll put your stuff on the counter like, hey, Rob, hey, Chrissy, how's it doing? We're all just talking. And he'll just jump on the counter and headbutt me like, yo, I'm over here. That's his move. Pet me. That's his power. Also, move. I'm happy to see you. But pet me. <laughs> the headbutt. <laughs> it's like the headbutt is like, hey, hey, check me out. <laughs> and if you don't pay enough attention to him while you're playing a board game, he will have no problems like jumping onto your table like, get all this out of the way. <laughs> Archie's here. <laughs> I know. When the, game, when the game is big enough, we have to, or like has enough components, we have to put them somewhere else behind a door otherwise he's gonna jump on the table and it's uh, it's pretty tough he, uh bedroth says he looks like my daughter's uh kitty girl artemis she was a shelter rescue Aww. and she's a lap cat too she's great um so we have another cat named sydney who is a, a no-touch kitty she's just she's cute she'll come out like maybe once every every once in a while but otherwise she does not want to even be looked at yeah it's amazing in and of itself like she like I, I, if I've, I've had, I've house sat for these guys, yeah. and maybe not seen the cat for the first four days. <laughs> I know. Ow! Like she will totally. hide out. 
Archie had enough and got my finger there. Um, it's like let me down. Yeah, I mean, me you, 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 like, you don't, you don't have any animals yourself, but you are definitely an animal person. Like, they're they're drawn to you for now. Because animals are awesome. Yeah. This this music reminds me of Dust Force a bit. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I can I can I can feel the constant streams of failure that I would have from <laughs> Dust Force in this track. Oh man. God, that game is painful. I was so but it's good. It's so good. I, I just I put so much time into that game. I, I love that so much. Um, the original creator of Harvest Moon and Concerned Ape are fans of each other. Oh, that's nice. I like that. The um, mutual appreciation for the developer and the musician working together. I like that a lot. Nice and bonding. Uh, Rage Cage says, My wife and I have a 27-year-old cat named Susu that was abandoned as a newborn. 27? Oh! 27. Can cats become 27? I, I don't know. Um, you know, our friend Maya, she had a cat who, who recently passed away, and, and, and he was like 22, um, which is um, an incredible. 27-year-old cat? Yeah. I, I, I can't even fathom that in my head. This that become, cat is living. Well, thanks, thanks for chopping in on uh, CatCast. Um, <laughs> for our next uh, cat-themed track, we have uh, Pernell. Pernell, what's your next next track this track has nothing to do with cats oh, no, i can on. assure you of that there are no cats here none but it would be cool if there were uh this comes from listener chris murray um from the game final fantasy Ooh. 6 he presents the track walk like walking to narsh this is the opening theme to the game um it resonated with me very well i knew it immediately when he suggested it um this was from the super nintendo and it's composed by nobuo uimatsu He has a definitive end. <laughs> that's a shocker. I, I guess because yeah, when they arrive, I yeah, guess so. the opening of the of the game. That's right. 
Um, welcome back. You're listening to Welcome to Nar. Oh, sorry, Walk to Narsh. <laughs> welcome from to- the Welcome to Narsh. Um, from the game Final Fantasy VI on the Super Nintendo, composed by Nobuo Uematsu and submitted by Chris Murray. And this was a. I'll admit this was a two folder for my choice. It wasn't just the track. If anything, the track, as much as I love it, is secondary to his actual testimonial because I love this testimonial. I was like, I gotta. This has to go. So. Let me read this thing off. He's probably not my favorite, per se, but it's definitely one of my favorite video game memories, which is the battle with Welk from Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy VI was basically the first real JRPG I had ever played, and I remember renting it, dying to Welk because I didn't read the dialogue carefully or at all, and then getting frustrated and moving on to something like NHL 95 or something. The next day in school, a couple of guys I knew, one of which I knew only tangentially through soccer, were talking about the game, and I explained my utter frustration, to which they laughed at the sheer laziness of my not being able to defeat Welk. They stressed the importance of reading the dialogue and how amazing the game was. We then planned classic 90s middle school sleepover, where we'd go on to play the absolute hell out of the game, and then thus became lifelong friends. So here's to you, Welk, to reading comprehension, and to Final Fantasy VI. I picked the walk to Narsh as opposed to anything else because Welk doesn't have its own battle music, but you are effectively marching to defeat him at the onset of the game. Mm. And for those who are not in the know, what he's referring to is the first boss, Welk. They were using him as a way to teach the player about changing states in battle, and Welk had a thing where if he was inside of his shell, he was a snail. And if he went into his shell and you hit him with lightning magic, which was his weakness for the battle, he would retaliate by hitting you with a really powerful attack. And one of the characters straight up says to you, we don't want to attack him when he's in his shell or he's going to counterattack. And Chris was like, I do what I want. I'm Chris Murray. I remember, I remember doing that. I remember being like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, I have all these I have these, these options here. I guess I'll just attack again. It's like ATB, baby. Yeah. You can wait him out, <laughs> which is something you couldn't do in a lot of earlier RPGs. Because oh, ATB started in 4, but was visually present in 6. Because you actually could see the bar on the screen. It was present in 4? I don't remember. It was in there. You could have active or wait mode in that game, from what I recall, but you couldn't actually see, like, any sort of time progression. Just a character would just get a turn, and then you'd use it. Anyway, this is a great pick. Anyway, I don't think we've ever played this song on the show before. It's it's so emotional. So emotional. It's just... It's great. We might have done the normal world map theme on the show. I feel like we would have. Which is, again, like, the world map theme is another version of this track. Um... And it's the one that most people know. Like, in fact, I had trouble even realizing. Like, sometimes I don't even remember that this is like a variation of that track. I just know it as this is a good track. But um, the thought of it being that variation is pretty cool. But yeah, Final Fantasy VI is riddled with moments like this too. Like how he described having to wait this guy out. Like those enemies where like Mr. Chupon will sneeze you off the map, and the the painting, the haunted painting, where you have to you, the battle status is based on where they are in the painting, whether the painted side or the non-painted side. There's just so many cool elements like that to battle in six, and I genuinely feel like I know Kristen was saying she's yet to beat a Final Fantasy game, and I was like, do you do you do retro before suggesting it to her? But I feel like there's a lot of gameplay mechanics in this game's battles. 
that holds up with some of the best of the modern day stuff, let alone anything retro. So it totally hangs up or hangs out with the with the current day greats. It's just great. Hangs oh, up. freaking Ultros. Don't tease the octopus, kids. <laughs> Don't Ultros. tease the octopus. That's to be on a T-shirt. <laughs> it probably is if we went looking. There's no way someone hasn't put that on a shirt. I have a Knights of the Round Ultra sh- Ultra shirt in the room right there too. Yeah, those guys are heavy. I think they're I think they're 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 touring again. I think now that cons are kind of coming back on again, they're they're uh, a lot of these these bands are able to start performing for these, which is good. Cause that's yeah. where that's where their most of their revenue generally yeah, comes from. I think really, for a lot of them. Um, so uh, my last track of the set is going to come from Solar Sanctuary. It's from a game that I, I haven't heard before. It's called Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars. And this music is comp- well, I'm not sure who composed the music. I do know that the music director is Keiichi Okabe. But I couldn't mm. find like an actual um, credits list for, the, uh, for this game. We're going to listen to Battle Theme Part 1. And this is chosen by our listener, Solus Sanctuary. back you're listening to battle theme part one from the game voice of cards the isle dragon roars uh composer is unknown but the music director is keichi okabe um and maybe there's a different title of the game in japanese and it's it's listed somewhere else and um no that's the title that's the title it uh it came out last month Mm -hmm. um so this was alongside dungeon encounters in regards to like 
weird games that Square announced at the time of their release, pretty much. They weren't actually, like, built-up games. And I look at them as being, like, a nice return to, like, exper I call it experimental Square, and that they just did weird things. Like, I described earlier how Dungeon Explore Dungeon Encounters is basically, like, take some RPG greats and take away their budget and then throw New Boy Masu in a garage with a guitar um, and have fun with that. And this game was take an RPG but make everything built around cards. The world map is built out of cards. The characters are placed on cards. Everything is done on cards, but it's not an actual card game. Hmm. Uh, it's an interesting stylistic choice and one that I really walked about getting into, but at the end of the day, I was like, I ended up buying Dungeon Encounters first and then downloading the demo to this game. Huh. But uh, I just assumed I kind maybe of it had it a different out. title in Japanese because I couldn't find it in the VGM database online. It might be just too new. Maybe no one probably, added it. Maybe the, the official soundtrack hasn't been added yet. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it has an official soundtrack, though. But um, Solace Sanctuary writes a testimonial. She says, uh, This is from a game I recently played and finished called Voice of Cards The Isle Dragon Roars. It's a new game from Yoko Taro and his Draken Near team. And, well, this is a pretty short game, but there's a lot of familiar Yoko Taro story beats here and there. Especially the music. Bless Keiji Okabe. Okay, so maybe that's maybe I was on the right track with Keiji Okabe. Um, it's a really nice JRPG that harkens back, harkens the style of old TRPG days. What, um, what's TRPG name? Turn-based, maybe? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Um, and classic Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, tabletop RPGs. Aha! Got oh, it. nice. Um, and that's why I pretty much love this game more than I should. It's very cozy. Anyway, this track is the battle theme part one, which plays during boss fights. I chose this game since monsters are also an important theme in this game. The violence here Monsters. The violence here get me so much. How Okabe Sensei does it, I will never know. I, these these violins are, are getting me too. And then she says, uh, PS Shimigami Tensei, more like a persona without heart. Ha ha. ha <laughs> that ha. frick okay, I, I, I'm I, out. I'm gonna go play Shimigami Tensei five. <laughs> freaking finally. <laughs> One, I'm jealous, and two, I still laugh at that crap. Like we, I, we talked about it on the show last week in regards to how angry a lot of people mm. got by that review. But I'm not angry about it at all. I, I, people say what they'll say, but I did find it hilarious that that was the person's actual take. Like it's like Persona without the heart. Like the, and it became such a running meme. <laughs> like in <laughs> fact, there was actually a, somebody posted a screenshot from SMT Five where uh. Um, the main character was talking to an uh, uh, Izumi, which is based like a fish monster, and he made a comment about stealing his heart, like a Persona 5 reference. So, because they actually put a Persona 5 reference in the game, and then somebody was like, it's like they're trying to get the heart back to their game. They know. <laughs> they know they're lacking of it. It's like, it's such a ridiculous thing. So ridiculous. This is a great but, pick. I'm, I am loving this track. It's the, the violins always make me think of Falcom. But it's such a smooth, smooth song with with a very like Gaelic or Celtic overtones throughout it. Um, I think someone else pointed it out in the chat room. Uh, bedroom. One might say it's like Persona Five, but with even more heart. Yeah, it's like Persona Five, but without the Gaelic. <laughs> no, this has more Gaelic, more Gaelic. <laughs> the Gaelic always so gives me gas. No, 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 that's garlic. That's garlic. <laughs> All right, Pernod, oh, that was your, good. Uh, your last track of the set. 
But before that, here's me doing my baked-in ad that we're not getting paid for because Rage Case goes, What are you drinking, Purnell? And I say, Coca-Cola with coffee. Dark blend. It's delicious, nutritious, not really nutritious. It's got a lot of sugar, but it's only 70 calories and it's freaking delicious. I'm trying to kick soda again because I think that's where some of my little gubby came back from. But I think this will be the one like soda e beverage I'll still somehow consider drinking is Coke with coffee. So no more monsters for the pronoun? I actually gave up Monster quite a while ago. I've been oh. drinking Monsters for ages. That's, that's true. When you come over, there's always it's the giant thing of uh of, of water win, of Windex. Yeah, see, I gave up I gave up Monster. Mountain Coca-Cola with coffee's been my baby. Um if it's not that, then I just went with like Dr. Pepper. But since I'm trying to kick soda again, it won't be Dr. Pepper anymore. It'll either just be that. And yes, Rage Cage is cola with coffee. So now it's you're freaking good. You're one of the few people I can talk to about this. Does it taste anything like Pepsi Kona? Actually, it kind of does. But if anything, I'd say maybe even a little better. Because ah, when I was a teenager and, and Pepsi Pepsi Kona, which was just Pepsi with coffee in it, came out, I was I was already obsessed with Jolt Cola and anything with extra caffeine in it. So I, I bought it until they stopped making it. Um, and yeah, now, I think you might like this. I'm glad I wasn't like I wasn't a teenager when these energy drinks came out because I would have been obsessed with them and probably would have affected me way more sooner than they have now. So. Uh, groan! Mike says, but that would have been appropriate for tonight. I would have been drinking <laughs> monster, the monster on the Monster. Oh my gosh. So. I didn't even think about that. Christ! Man! A sparkling water company that makes a good Dr. Pepper substitute, uh, says wise guy Chris Wisner. Uh, uh, what's it called? Hit with the- Mr. Pib? Mr. Pib? No, you're talking about, you're thinking about Doc- Dr. Perky. Dr. Pepper and Nurse Salt. <laughs> Christ! All right, so what's your uh, what's your last track of your set? Also, there is an actual drink called Doctor Perky, by the way. Oh, I, like, um, I knew there was like something weird out there, and you were gonna know it. <laughs> that's right, I do the weird. Um, this track comes from listener Chris Wisner, the wise guy. Wise guy. Um, and this is from the game Shadow of the Colossus, track titled Counterattack, come for the Sony PlayStation. Though it did get a few re-releases and. Composed by Ko Otani.
<laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Counterattack from the game Shadow of the Colossus from the Sony PlayStation, composed by Ko Otani and submitted by Chris Wisner, aka the Wise Guy. Um, this one, I, this is another case of like, I mean, it's a little self-serving, admittedly, but I laughed at his his um his testimonial. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That plus this track is also really legit, and I need to get back to this game. It's like an easy pick here. I had to pick this. So, let's give it a read. He goes, A wonderful topic for this week, considering there is no shortage of monsters to pick from in the video game verse. And for the pick this episode, I had to go with one of the goats. Shadow of the Colossus. That's where I said goat. I'm the goat. While, you're the goat. While any choice from Shadow of the Colossus is a worthwhile one. For me, I'm picking Colossus number 13, a.k.a. Phalanx, for the realization of its sheer scale versus your hero, Wander. Sure, plenty of Colossi before it were quite ginormous, but I don't think I'll ever forget entering a desert wasteland and realizing I would be tasked with taking down a flying dragon that seemed to span multiple football fields. I'd stack any of composer Ko Otani's tracks from the game against any boss theme out there, and I reckon Otani's work would come out on top. Counterattack is loaded with emotion, vigor, and cues up at just the right moment. After finally figuring out how to climb on top of this blasted dragon as it takes you soaring into the skies above. It's one of the more memorable gaming experiences of my life. Coincidentally, one of my most memorable experiences, meeting and befriending Purnell over a decade ago and remarking he was a colossus due to his stature. Rather than fighting him in an attempt to resurrect a dead maiden, we instead opted to discuss video games all night at a local <laughs> diner. A reminder that sometimes in battle, the best decision is the dialogue option. Wow. And that's it's funny, too, because I didn't remember that, but he does call me Colossus. He's always called me Colossus. So when he that met is you, like, um, a, a decision tree opened up in front of him, and one of them was to fight you, and one of them was to use an item... <laughs> And the other was, and I'm sure the reason talk. the fight was a cut. I'm raising, I'm wagering the reason why it's a combination of like resurrection plus he bad mouth. What game? I'll kill him. I'll kill him. <laughs> but wait, wait. I don't want to. Maybe I can just change his mind over moons over my hammy. That's a great. That's a which great, I'm pretty sure uh, was a Denny's. That's a great um, uh, uh, testimonial. And I think Rage Cage says in the chat that there's a whole team working to uncover and integrate all of the cut content in Shadow of the Colossus. Like adding, I didn't even know there was cut content. Yeah, there was there was a there was a, a few uh, colossi that were removed from the game, probably just for space or for timing issues. And there's there's almost eight of them, and they're gonna they're trying to add them back into the game. The first my first playthrough of this game was such an experience. Like every time you found one, it was just. Like, oh my god, what's it going to look like? What am I supposed to do? How am I going to overcome this enormous obstacle? And then, of course, the big twist ending. It was just such an experience that you can never experience again, I feel like. It kind of irked me, one, that I need to experience this for the first time. And two, what? that what? despite the fact... Yeah, I told you, like I've only, I've only helped Darnell beat like two colossi that I've walked in on them trying to figure out but I've never actually played through the game myself it's so despite fun. owning it in two versions of I it I mean like I don't know um, if, it, if it holds up compared to like games that you could play nowadays because back then it was such a huge expansive world with these enormous monsters and I feel like now like I mean this was on the PS2 so like now it's a little different the, the landscape is much different 
I bet the maybe the landscape would be not as impressive, but the battles I bet still would be. Heck, Mech Extermination Force, the entire gimmick of that game was battling giant monsters too. And it's definitely still good, but in that game you get guns, like Contra. Whereas in this game, you get a, a, was a bow and arrow and a dagger. It's like you yeah, don't really get much to work with. Pretty much it. And, and you have a horse. And you have horse. I but grow. you can't I throw grow. the horse at the Colossus, so I, I no, think no, the horse you can, you can travel as a weapon. You, but that, that horse travels with you everywhere in this game and is very, very important. So. Can he fight? No, no. Does it have cannons? No. <laughs> it's can you throw the horse? It can gallop. Can it gallop through the bosses with enough speed? No, I, that's one thing. Can it tear a hole through a Colossus? It, it will only get so close, and it's like, uh, no, I'm not getting close to that. Who <laughs> <laughs> think this is? You leave me be. Kind of lifelike, honestly. Like yeah, it. I can't imagine a horse wanting to get involved in oh, that Oh, that's right. Chris Weisner reminds us that there's a remaster on the PS4, so um, maybe I'll go back and do that sometime instead of finishing Persona 5. No! No! Beat that game! It's not even. It's mainly that you put like ninety hours in and you quit at the last five. Just Christ! Just this is wrap what I do. it up. This is what I, do. I don't just start a game and, fin- and and let it go. I play a game to the very end and then not finish it and I just let it go. I mean that's my normal mo too, but my reasoning is completely different. <laughs> I don't want to see the game end. You just say I've experienced the most frustrated part, which means now I can stop. No, I can. Yeah, I've just finished it. It's uh, this is it's become my blitzball. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, blitzball! All right, so um, we are now at that part of that time of the show, that part of our show, or which we call the bonus round. Bonus round. <laughs> Choosing the shut option. Uh, the bonus round is where we play uh, covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And we got a good selection of bonus round tracks from our listeners this week. Um, so I really I did just look through this document and I lost my space as I like to no. do. Our tr- no. uh, my bonus round track comes from our listener and friend Bedroth from the VGM Very Good Music podcast. This is a track called Roddy Top's Theme Remix from the game Shantae. And it is by the uh, remix artist Shantae. Say Maxwell.
Yes, that was Roddy Top's remix from Say Maxwell from the game Shantae. And that was chosen by Shantae. Our, <laughs> that was chosen by our listener Bedroth from VGM, the Very Good Music Podcast. And Bedroth says, I thought a lot about monsters and games. There are definitely some good ones out there. Honorable mentions go to Batro from Skyward Sword and Bert from Monster Party. Um, Bert. You remember Bert? Bert was the monster from Monster Party. He's a gargoyle-looking thing. Okay. Um, Monster Party he was, with Mark. was what? A, uh, that was, oh, that was NES, wasn't it? NES 2D side scroll where almost all of the bosses referred to you as baby. <laughs> Here I come, baby! <laughs> uh, but Bedroth continues, um, but I gotta give it to my favorite zombie girl, Roddy Tops. First of all, can you get any more adorable than this? She's a cute little zombie girl with a perfect name. Just say it and savor it. Roddy Tops. There has never been a better name for a character ever. Second of all, all of Shantae's music is great because all of Jake Kaufman's music is great. I 100% agree. Can't disagree with that. Yeah. Finally, when you're listening to this fantastic mix by Say Maxwell, you're not in the graveyard. You're in the raveyard. Happy Halloween, y'all. Groan! Groan! Uh, no, that was good. Give it up. Give Groan! it up to Bedroth, everybody. <laughs> First of all, good puns are meant to be groaned at. You, you, you don't you don't groan at bad puns. You groan <laughs> at good puns. Bad puns just make you roll your eyes. I like that one. But that was a good track. That was a really. I, I feel like uh, um, that kind of like heavy electronic style lent, lent itself really well to the original theme for Ronnie Tops. Fun fact, by the mm. way, the ending to Monster Party actually gave me nightmares. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. That ending gave me nightmares. It shouldn't have, but it did. <laughs> so <laughs> I was a kid when it came out, though. Like maybe like early like ten or something when I played it, ten or eleven. Wow, was, yeah, it definitely gave me nightmares. Wow, this is one I, Master Party is a game I've never even, I never even knew about on the NES. I've never even heard of it. It looks. He goes to the monster world. He fights with a baseball bat, and when he fuses it with Bert, he. Fires a beam. Basically, you almost never want to be Mark. The only thing that Mark can really do is where he can knock projectiles back at certain enemies. So you can be Bert or you can uh, be Mark. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to say you had to pick up an item to become Bert. And when you ran out of time, he'd revert back to Mark. Um, But you almost always wanted to be Bert because he's awesome. Yeah, they do call you But then at the end of the game, you get a... You was it? You go as it? You get to the end of the game and you save the monster world... And Bert's like, here, have a box. And you're like, okay, cool. You take the box. And then you go home. And then you're sitting in your bedroom and you open the box and a princess comes out. And then the princess just turns out she's a monster. And then she makes you melt. It's <laughs> <laughs> like this really weird image. It's like, no, I'm melting. Oh, no. And he's like dying or something. And then he wakes up from his dream. And he's like, oh, it was just a dream. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on the couch like, oh, God, that's disturbing. Yeah, um, it's this, <laughs> that, this I don't feel good. Interesting, because... The, the character sprite for the main character is just like, it's classic, like not not a great, you know, player sprite in a, in a side-scrolling NES game. But the monsters are like, the it's they're really good sprite art. Like it's really, And really some good. of them are weird. Like one of my favorite bosses that I remember from the game was like this trio of dancing zombies. There's a pair of dancing zombies. And when you enter their boss room, they say, watch us dance. And you wait, the way you beat them is by not doing anything but standing in the corner and watching them dance until they're done, and then they die. It's <laughs> so strange. That's yeah, like, it's just a, so many weird bosses in that game. So weird. All right, so we're on to your next uh, 
bonus round track. All right, so my final track picked from this episode comes from listener Martyrus. Good dude, good friend. He decides to pick a track from a game that, honestly, I loved back in the day. Um, this is from the game Pokemon Platinum. This is the Giratina Battle Remix, and it is performed by Glitch Cross City. No, oh, and one of my favorite uh, artists, Glitch X City. Is it, is it actually X City? Is it is Monster X Hunter, Hunter X Hunter, well, Cross Party, Cross Edge? I don't know. Everybody uses the always, X. I always say Cross, but, but like, what? But, but Glitch X City's been around for a while, and so I've always just said Glitch X City. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you honestly, you probably got it right. Maybe. I was like, I, I don't know. I could never tell. Right, she's really good. So here we go. Uh, from Pokemon Platinum. <laughs> listening to the Giratina Battle Theme Remix from the game Pokemon Platinum and Remix by Glitch X City. X City. <laughs> and it was submitted by listener and friend Martyrus. Uh, what do you have to say? Well, it should be oblivious as to why 
I chose this, or rather, correction. It should be obvious as to why I chose this, as you are dealing with pocket monsters. Sadly, I never got a chance to play any Pokemon games after Red and Blue due to life changes and obligations. I imagine the battle with Giratina was stressful, having listened to this piece. The closest I came to meeting Giratina was in Pokemon Go during raids, and I actually managed to catch one. Hope my pick is worthy of being played, though I won't feel at a loss if not chosen. I plan to submit more in future Patreon podcasts, along with suggestions for more themes. Keep up the good work, guys. Don't worry, we will do that, and we appreciate it. And we will also say this. um, Well, two things. One, I feel like with Pokemon... Any Pokemon game, the stress usually comes from the actual attempt of catching a Pokemon if you're trying to catch them. Uh, and since Giratina was a legendary, yes, it was annoying because if you weren't dropping a Master Ball, you had a terrible catch rate, which means you're just spamming Ultra Balls or Dusk Balls hoping for the best after getting their life bar to next to nothing. Secondly, uh, at the time of this episode's release... The remake, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, will be coming out two days later, which is the game block that Giratina came from. And I'm sure they're going to have something like the Distortion World or Giratina catchable in that game. So you could technically remedy an age-old dilemma and finally catch yourself a Giratina in the mainline games. Give it a shot. Honestly, I'll probably be picking it up, too, despite the fact that I have no idea when I'll play it unless ECPL demands that we have to start using it for battles, in which case, woof, time to get my pit bluff running, because Empoleon is my steel lead. He's my boy. Anyway, I've been rambling, <laughs> but this is a great track Wait, Once pick. you get started on that Pokemon, you're like, gone. That's right, because it's the Pokemans. Love Pokemon. I've been playing them forever. I would love to see some weird, like, Pokemon meets Digimon crossover game come out. I'd I'm, love to see how they pull that off. That has not happened done. yet, which is surprising, right? I am genuinely surprised, because it would be an interesting product to see come out, especially now that, I mean, I guess there was an article that came out today where Game Fan, or Game Freak finally was like, we hear the we hear the fans complain that they want a more mature storyline in Pokemon, because we never change it up. And we're listening. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that could be an interesting thing. Like, hey, just match up with Digimon where characters fight out just die half the time. Wow. And the characters actually grow up and lose their Digimon. Um, which is an actual narrative arc that the characters get older. Once they hit a certain age, they'll stop being able to talk to their Digimon. It makes them sad. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, but honestly, whether you dislike or like the narratives of Pokemon games, the gameplay and the battles have always been legit. Like, I can't think of another game franchise. And that actually includes SMT, actually, where I've put as many hours into what feels like the same gameplay loop over and over again across all the sequels and still just love it. Very much so. But Pokemon is it. So I stand by. Also, Klefki and Mega Mawile and now Aegislash and Dura Luton. They're my babies. That's my team. <laughs> well, for more information on our bonus round part of our show... And on your favorite Pokemon, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the artists uh, featured on the bonus round. Um, we'll have links to their band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can buy these music and support these artists.
All right, thanks for joining us on episode 30-4 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is um, a Patreon Monsters episode. <laughs> so Monsters Part 2, Patreon Boogaloo. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I thought these were some excellent, excellent picks from our listeners. What do you think for now? Oh, I was, I was a very fan. I was very fond of all the picks that came through. It was actually hard to pick in some respects just by virtue of the fact that so many good selections came through. You can't pick them all. But with that said, that's still... I like when that happens, though. I like when people are really engaged and they want to submit tracks. Because even if we don't pick them, we listen to them and we read all the testimonies. Oh, absolutely. It's really nice just to be like... Yeah, and I think we've gotten to everybody this time around. This this last track is the Battle Uxi Mesprit Azelf. I think I'm saying that right. From Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. This was submitted by listener Camille. And he says, I love those three Pokemon. They are my favorite legendaries, actually. Um, I guess those are the names of the Pokemon, Uxi, Mesprit, and Azelf. Um, mm-hmm. They look like a mix with fairies and Mew from the very first generation, and they are creatures I absolutely love. This theme is kind of frightening, too. I'm not waiting for the remakes. I'm, I'm not waiting for the remakes coming out in a few days. Um, what I've seen so far seems absolutely outdated and boring. I hope I'm wrong. Have a great time recording the next episode. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. I guess they are they are remaking Diamond and Pearl. Is that right? Yep. Oh. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like the Platinum was the third version of Diamond and Pearl. Okay. Um and every what it usually was like the third version of all the games, they would always add like some extra content and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And in this case they gave you more context around Giratina, who was like the like back end legendary of Diamond and Pearl. Um But I kind of in the, I'm in like a sort of similar boat to Camille on that too. Like I, I can I can see the charm of the Arsali chose, but it also wasn't something that made me go, yeah, I look forward to getting this remake. This is a nice uptake. This is more like, mm, this looks very much like some like Duplo level like upgrade for the characters and all. But one thing I can say about myself in past experiences is that. I generally have a way of getting surprised by how much I come to appreciate something in motion versus seeing it in a bunch of screenshots. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and once you get your hands onto it, on it and you get into it, it kind of changes your perception, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's been a couple of games recently. What was it? Uh, Dungeon Encounters did that where I thought it was going to be hot garbage, and then I played it because I just wanted to test Square's waters. I'm like, this is really good somehow. And then I just reviewed a game called uh, Circa Infinity, which is another case where it was like, this game does not look like it would be fun. I just like kind of scroll right past it on the eShop. And then it was like, hey, you want to review this game? I was like, I'm ready to trash talk this game. And nope. It was actually probably one of my favorite games in the last month. By that same token, I think Chris Weisner will laugh at this. I got to try The Immortal for the first time. Oh. And that game is terrible. Never again. <laughs> I have a that- lot. Of- I remember renting that a whole bunch and being really into The Immortal. I... I can see how yeah. someone can appreciate so it. Like, the, it has the loop. It has a good loop of trying to solve puzzles and figure out what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But there is just something irksome about the fact that they just gave you a bunch of stuff that by design was meant to just kill you by using it out of your inventory. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, it, like, everything just seemed to be set up to screw you. Like, I remember coming, I felt like an amulet, and you use the item, and it was like, do you want to hold the amulet up? You're like, okay. And from watching a bunch of like dungeon, like you know, like, you know, ancient old movies in the past, where you're like, exploring temples and stuff, I was like, maybe I need to hold this up to something. So I saw what looked like a beam of light. So I held it up to the beam of light, 
and it didn't work because I wasn't standing in the right place on the beam of light. But then you hold up the amulet, it also says, do you want to read it? If you say yes, it kills you. It just kills you. Uh, that was the joke that me and my brother had. It was that the game was called The Immortal, but like you die so much in that game. And the other thing about it, and maybe people who were into it more can tell me, like, I felt like there were some instances where I would die and the game would say, prepare to continue, and other times when you would die, when it would say, game over. Mm. But I couldn't find anything that specifically gave away what determined what killed you and what brought you back. Because I know there was these little bars that were at the top of the screen that I could get to grow up when I slept in hay and stuff, but that didn't seem to correlate with my death and rebirth cycle. It was just sometimes I died and never came back. It's been so long. And I didn't know long. why. It's been so long. I'd I love to revisit that at some point just to, because I remember not getting very far in it and not knowing what was going on, but just being fascinated by that game. Um, what I can say from having played it in the last week, the thing that would ultimately kill it, like I liked, I was able to deal with everything else because I liked like Chris said, part of the long line of brutal isometric wizard puzzlers. And I like that kind of stuff. I can deal with that. But the combat against orcs was hot buttered trash in the way that I can't even describe otherwise. I went looking for like FAQs and stuff on the game to see if people had a way to explain how combat works. And people were just like, just mash the button. Don't even try to parry. Just try to button mash your way through the fights. It's like, that's not, that's not a good thing to read about how to get good at the game. Just mash your way through it and just hope you make it. <laughs> but anyways, I rambled a lot about the immortal on an episode called Monsters. But <laughs> that's what I do. Oh, that's all right. Uh, well, um, well, I'll tell you this. Um, if you are listening to the show and you'd like to know more about the game, The Immortal, uh, let us know. Send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at hotmail.com. And honestly, um, you can send us uh, track suggestions or topic suggestions or or anything like that. If you just want to say hello, that, that's that's a great way to do it. Um, and if you'd like to get a full track listing from this episode and from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, uh, you can go to our website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, and that's a good place to go for all of the older episodes because um, our feed only goes back so far. And we're getting close to uh, 300 episodes, actually, um, in, in, uh, probably next month. And also at the wow. end of this month, we'll be getting on to our, I guess, our sixth our sixth podcast anniversary, which is a big deal. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a big milestone. I also um, got to reach out to a friend about coming on probably next week if we can pull it off. Cause I remember he was supposed to come on. But gotta see if he can still do it. Like, especially because we got the podcast version. We got surprise. We got a lot of good episodes lined up to go on coming yeah, soon. Yeah. But now I just need to. Um, oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm watching a playthrough of the Immortal. Wow, it's fine <laughs> than I remembered. <laughs> I like how Mike. And honestly, it's sad. I was like Mike flat out says like he says the final boss fight in the Immortal is like hope you already knew the eight steps you have to do with perfect timing here. Yeah, screw that. And I can say one thing at least, though, I guess the original had passwords, I think, but at least the remakes give you a save and load option, so you can kind of brute force that kind of stuff in this version of it. Because I can't imagine doing that in the original game. I, yeah. It's just no. Wow. Um, no. So yeah, so go to the website for that. You can um, go to uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're there as Rhythm and Pixels as all one word. Uh, youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels our episodes are uploaded there so if you want to if that's where you listen to your 
shows. You can, you can listen to us there. We also have a, a radio station there that's a 24-7, 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. It's all curated by Purnell and myself. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. As, any, as a member there at any of, of the levels, you get access to weekly prequel episodes, uh, monthly live-streamed episodes like this one. Um, you also can get some cool stuff like stickers and mugs and T-shirts, which I think a lot of those have just been uh, distributed. Uh, and we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members who are at the highest levels at the end of every episode. I'd like to thank Frankly Zappa, Kristen, Mike Myers, Alf Person, Vashon8060, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, um, Camille, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, Christopher Sandstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version of VGM Podcast, Rage Cage, Reinhard Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. Embassy, Embassy, Embassy. Embassy! And, embassy. And, and actually, we do have um, a lot of big episodes coming up. We have our three our, our 300th episode. We have our sixth podcast anniversary episode coming up. We have um, some guest spots lined up some from some old guests. We have, um, I think Chris Baines is going to come back on the show. We have uh, Cam, uh, Cameron Childs from the Mad Gear. He's coming back on soon. Um, so we, we have we have kind of quite a few quite a few guests already lined up. I think Ed Wilson has talked about coming back on the show as well. He did. And we have one other guest who will be fairly newish. So oh. we'll see how that plays out. That's right. It's just it's nice. I just like I like getting new people to come on the show and talk sometimes. It's nice to get that it's like it's like bringing a fish out of water into the show. <laughs> and like, how the heck do you guys keep up with each other? Well, I don't know, rambling, I guess. Mm something but it ends up just being fun and it's and it's always nice because they're always like what's the structure like we don't have a structure <laughs> just come on here and ramble that's all we're doing yeah, we do we, have, know, a, we just, have a bit of a structure um, i think the camera like oh there it is yeah they said that my camera froze yeah your camera's been freezing here and there I, i'm not sure exactly sure why it's probably just the it might just be the internet connection honestly yeah no it's it's the connection between discord and obs but that's okay uh next week we'll be back to um in-person podcasting which is um usually a lot easier for us to, to bounce back and forth off of each other I think IPP yeah you know me you know me and something else to say um uh, frankly Zappa if you've listened this far um if a t-shirt gets distributed to you I have other t-shirts I, I would also like to send to you as well so that goes for that and I don't have anything else I want to say I'm just excited about a lot of special podcasts uh, episodes coming up we haven't had guests on the show in a while so that's going to be a lot of fun to do i concur and, and um, we went from having no guests to like a, a volley of them yeah i know but <laughs> but with the holidays going on and with all the stuff that's happening around here at, at the house it's just been a little difficult to to schedule everything so the podcast oh, also i just thought of something you had an email come back through from a guy you were talking to for like a year ago he was like hey i like to come on to the show oh yeah yeah um, yeah yeah so I'll, I'll have to go back and investigate what that was all about <laughs> so we'll see we'll see if that turns out too um but anyway everyone thanks for listening my name is rob nichols and i'm pernell have a great week we'll see you next time and remember uh 
So when the Immortal was originally given to me for review, just hours prior to that, I was talking to some friends of mine who were talking about the Immortal and they were telling me how an amazing game it was and how they, they loved it. And I was like, I've never played this game before. I, I would like to experience it. So coincidentally, the review code came. It was like, you want to try this game? I was like, sure. So I started playing it and I was trying to, I was looking forward to seeing what all the fuss was about. What did my friends see in this game that made them, you know, regale it so much at dinner? And I just, it didn't click for me. Like, I wasn't enjoying it. And I really wanted to. Like, to the point where, for a while, I was trying to force myself to like it. Because if my friends liked it, then that means that I'm missing something and I should like it, too. I wanted to go along with the herd. I wanted to feel like I was a part of the clique that loved the immortal. But the truth of it is, sometimes we don't like the same stuff. Sometimes we don't like the same things. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're not flawed. You're not busted. You're not not getting it. You just maybe you just not like it. Maybe you just don't like something. And there's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, with that said, though, it's always worth giving something a try. That's not harmful, mind you. I talking about, this is not a try drugs kids podcast. Um, but like, if there's something out there that your friends are, if you want to take a crack at, give it a shot. There's nothing wrong with it. But but you're not required to like something because other people do. And it's okay to be able to articulate the fact that you dislike something. It's just a matter of, it's worth giving things a try, but you're not required to like it because other people do. That's all there is to it. Don't let people tell you what to like. Screw that noise. Also, GameStop, mail me my game, my freaking SMT5. I want it now. I want to play my game. <laughs> Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I already got it, but oh, I want my game, man. I had to get one more in. <laughs>